Cause we're talking with T-Bird now Miss T-Bird, you cannot change Oh, Miss T-Bird, you cannot change And things might get pretty strange Yes, that's right. Talking with T-Bird, things might get pretty strange anytime we're talking survivors with this person, my co-host, the person who tracks down all the survivors. It's Teresa T-Bird Cooper. Hello, Rob. How are you doing? Doing great, T-Bird. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be talking to Scout Cloud Lee today from Survivor Vanuatu. It's going to be great. Yeah, good job. Another great find. well, yeah, I, I think the listeners are going to love hearing from her because she's she is fast. Say she's fascinating is mm-hmm. an understatement. She has accomplished so much in her seventy four years that it's. I mean, she's really, really impressive woman, and she's got a heart, an absolute heart of gold. Um, so I'm really looking forward to to this today. Yeah. I, also, yes, I've got a. How are you thinking? How are you feeling about it? Feel very good. Very good. Very, uh, you know, extensive, uh, interesting background for scouts. A lot of stuff to uh, dig into with scouts. So great job. People are always excited to hear from anybody from the single digit survivors. Hmm? I think I've heard it. OG. OGs. You, yes. The listeners that don't know what for the listeners that don't know, explain what OG, what an OG is. Those are the original gangsters of Survivor. Okay. Now, the OGs, what are we going to do as far as season-wise? How far are we going to take the OGs? What season would you say the cutoff is? Or, you know, the average? I'll say the cutoff right now is up to season 15 China for OGs of Survivor. Up to China. Okay. Because you know, when we started this segment, when we started this segment, we're trying to, we're just to let the listeners know, we're kind of trying to stay in to these OGs, right? We're kind of trying to stay to the ones people hadn't heard from that are some of the original gangsters. Is that right? Is yeah. That what you, what you I, I think that we'd pr- pretty much for go now, up to now. heroes versus villains. I think that, you know, if you uh, found somebody that was uh, that a, a person that people were clamoring for from, you know, 17, 18, 19, I, I think that that's probably the era we're targeting. Okay. First half. And yeah. this is a really... Okay, and so this is really cool. So, you know, I've got to have my popcorn right here that that I'm really, you tell me I'm not really supposed to have. But I have to, whether I'm eating it or not during the podcast, I have to have it right here with me. And as soon as we stop, I usually dive into it. But I got to tell you this. I have a new popcorn maker. So today, I make popcorn, not out of my old one where 25% of it shoots out of the top because the top's missing. Jay Mackey, one of our listeners, sent me a brand new Orville Redenbacher Hot air popcorn machine. Wow. And I used it today. Yeah, it works how good. How nice is that? Are you kidding me right now? It's fantastic. It's fantastic. So, yes. 
It, and it actually pops. I didn't have any popcorn flying out all over the kitchen. Anyway, yeah. thank you, Jay Mackey, for my popcorn machine. I love it. Okay, t I'm glad you brought up the dogs because I have a sponsor for this episode of the podcast that I think that you are going to love. Oh. And I want to tell you about Embark. Uh, Embark is a, a new service that allows you, the dog owner and dog lover, to learn about your pup's breed ancestry, health, traits, and even find your dog's relatives. Embark is going to detect 250 breeds <laughs> and screen for 170 genetic health conditions so you know how to best care for your dog and create a training and health plan. So say you have a dog and you don't know the exact breed that it is or if you want to screen for a, a genetic health condition, what you do is that you send back this DNA kit with your dog's DNA and they are able to screen for all these different things. You can discover your dog more than just fur deep with the most accurate dog DNA test kit on the market. Now, we have a family friend who is currently doing this that they've sent back the Embark kit, and I hope to have her on the podcast with us to talk about uh, what they discover once uh, we get the kit back. But the Embark dog DNA test kit, it's the most comprehensive kit on the market, looking at over 250 breeds and 170 different genetic health conditions. Embark is the only company with stellar customer service and uh, vets and veterinary geneticists on staff to talk you through your results and it's easy to get started. T-Bird, does this sound like something that you would want to know more about? You know what, Rob? Actually, what a great idea this is because we actually have, you know, we I live on a farm out here. We have a lot of rescue animals, dogs, cats, that are just show up here or dropped off and whatever the situation may be. So um, one of the dogs that we have now is a rescue dog. And yes, to be able to, to sit, to get the DNA kit and send it in and find out about her genetic health condition. Cause you know, shoot dogs, all of our animals are part of our family. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's an absolutely, that's an amazing idea. Now I'm kind of curious and I don't know if you've got the information. Is this a costly thing? Uh, no, not with our promo code because that uh, you can get 15% oh, yeah. off the, the dog code? DNA test kit with promo code RHAP. Uh, when you go to embarkvet.com, developed with veterinarians uh, and PhDs for your dog, the number one highest rated by customers, best in class dog DNA test. Right now for our listeners, Embark has the exclusive summer offer you can't get anywhere else. Go to EmbarkVet.com. Use promo code RHAP to save 15% off your dog DNA test kit. Discover your dog more than just fur deep. Visit EmbarkVet.com. Use promo code RHAP to save that E-M-B-A-R-K Vet.com. With the promo code Rob. Hey Rob, I hope when I send this in, I hope when I send this in, the DNA kit. Once I get it and send it in, that they're not going to say my dogs can't have popcorn. Or I don't know what's going to happen there. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I think, it might, have, I think that's okay. We'll just have to I think figure it's it out. Okay. We we'll just have to figure it out. Okay. All right, T Bird. Let's let's bring Scout in. Take it take it away. Today, Rob and I are honored to have Doctor Scout Cloud Lee from Survivor Vanuatu. She is from Tampa, Florida. She was born Janet Spencer. She played this challenging physical game with what she calls her bionic knee 
and lasted 38 days and was the final three. She is a motivational speaker, coaches teams in the corporate world. She is a professor, a singer-songwriter. Her original tunes she calls country, rock, gypsy. She's an entrepreneur, a rancher. She carried the Olympic torch in 2002. She has survived cancer, bankruptcy, divorce, car wrecks, horse bucks, and has described herself as omnisexual. So today we're going to have a lot of fun with Scout Cloud Lee. So Scout, my first question to you is, I know why Survivor picked you to play. Why did you pick Survivor to play? (laughs) That's a good question. Well, uh, before, when Mark Burnett was nine years old, I started, I don't know how old Jeff was, but I started uh, a thing called the Challenge of Excellence. And it brought corporate teams to my ranch in Oklahoma to swing through the trees on the first corporate ropes course built in the whole country. And uh, and I developed a thing called High Games, Indian Coup, Hunter Hunted, Meet Me on the Mountain, etc. And those are all games that played for hours at night across a, a mile square gaming field. So needless to say, the media got a hold of that. So I got a lot of media about the challenge of excellence. The third, and that means that I, a number of people came from Canada and Europe and all over the United States. So when Survivor started, the third, ep- I tuned in the third episode. I got notices from all these people that had been at the ranch saying, Scout, look what these people are doing. My God, we did this because we had ropes courses and did a lot of challenging things. So I tuned in, and I have never missed a moment of an episode since. Even, and, to, even uh, to this day? Even to this very day. Wow, Don't okay. call me during the show, yes. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so that's how, and I got interested, so I applied, and I got picked right away when I applied, and it was because during that season, um, they were doing a male team and a female team, and uh, and I had uh, spent a lot of time. I know a lot about building huts and things like that. I built a native village on my ranch and showed them pictures of that in my, you know, in my tape. Uh, and also, I was 59 when they picked me to go on the show, and that they only picked one older woman like that, so the there weren't that many women applying like there typically are. I don't know if y'all know it, but a couple of the uh, producers on the show told me early on anyway, they had 250,000 applications per episode. Do you believe that? Whoa. Yeah, I, I think I believe it. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering, I wonder if they still have that many now. That'd be interesting to know. Yeah, I don't think so, T-Bird. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Uh-uh. No, I wouldn't think so. They changed the whole mechanism. You know, they they have live auditions in various cities and it's not mail in your tape and make Mm -hmm. it three minutes. And it's not like it used to be. So, okay, Um, Yeah, but it's always a delight to be picked. Yeah. Scott, can you tell us a little bit about uh, what you're up to these days? Well, I have my own uh, consulting firm and I have for years and years and years. And uh, I work with corporations and a lot of tribal people now, Rob. And uh, I do predominantly team development and leadership. I used to do strategic planning and all the boring stuff, and I quit doing that. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but that's pretty much what I do. I've, I've also, you know, recorded a lot of music uh, years ago, and I never did much with it. But now I've got it up on Spotify, and, you know, I'm getting it out there. Yeah. And, um, and I've written quite a few books, so I've gotten a number of those. Several have been published, and I've gotten the rest of them published. And available on Amazon and Kindle and uh, Balboa Press and mm-hmm. a variety of other places. So that's a lot of jumping through hoops is what I'm doing can, with all that. Scout, can you give me a, an example of the type of thing you would work on with a company who hires you for consulting? Yeah, predominantly. This is the simplest way I can say it. I help that team in a very unique way move from me to we to one. Me to we to one. That's it. See, that's interesting. I feel like that you would want to go from me or to one to we. Why Why do you end on one? Because we are one. Mm-hmm. A team united. Ah, one, one team, not, not one individual. One Got team, it. one person. Got me, it. we, one. You know, one, one tribe, one team, one family, one earth, one... Etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless you're unless you're playing Survivor. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you where that came from. It was actually pretty funny. I was sitting in a pretty high powered uh, session with a consultant that we had brought in from Washington. He knew I also was a consultant, and he turned to me. He hadn't met me, but he turned to me in the midst of this meeting. He said, "So, Doctor Lee, what do you do for the Chickasaw Nation?" Mm-hmm. And I. Okay, I have to put from me to we to one. Yeah. <laughs> Shut him up. And in that moment, I thought, well, darn, that's good. I'm going to use that. Okay. <laughs> You've had those moments, yeah. <laughs> yes. But that's fundamentally, I work with teams in every aspect of that, from divining what their per- actual personality traits are, where they bump, try to show them places to coach where it's not personal, it's much more a, a, a style a work style that they have that we all have differently. And, uh, you know, a lot of things. I use a lot of, uh, you know, I used ropes courses for years because I built them. But I built a lot of initiatives, as you might guess, like Survivor, because you can tell a hell of a lot about people when you actually put them into situations where they have to solve problems. Uh, and they have to, you know, cross the river and carry the stuff. and you know, that's why Survivor was exciting to me because, boy, I knew one thing. When I went into the game, I was older than everybody, and I had an artificial knee that didn't fit. But I also knew that I had some really good tracking skills, and I would be able to get out there and last pretty good uh, because I can I could read people well. Mm-hmm. Scott, can you talk a little bit about your knee? I know it was a, a big part in the season. Uh, how, how tough was it for you to have to compete in the challenges with a, a knee that didn't fit right? Or or was it something that helped you because then people looked at you as somebody who was uh, not as much of a threat? Well, I think both. Both of those things. It was difficult because, uh, you know, I've been a coach all my life and all of us that have coached have always had that person on the team that's really crappy but they show up every day suited up, ready to go, all enthusiastic. And you and you coach them. You care about them. And I became that player on the team. It was really tough for me uh, because I've always been very athletic and I couldn't end the game. You certainly bitch and moan about it. 
because they'll vote you out. So uh, it was it was humiliating and, and kind of uh, humiliation or shame that you have to rise above and keep coming. You know, it was tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think and, and I think that it probably helped me. I knew that if I made it to the merge, I would be OK because I wouldn't be seen as a threat. Mm-hmm. So. so- you know, you're the great strategist. But, <laughs> hey, Scott, know. we're we're the same. That I've got a picture of you here uh, in my office of uh, all of the great Survivor third place finishers, and uh, you're right there we're, next to me. Oh, I'm so glad I'm next to you and not Johnny Falco. Well, I have a I have some bad news, Scott. That he's he's right <laughs> uh, above you in the picture, but uh, oh, we're no. all we're all the same. <laughs> We're all, we're all the same. We're one third place team. Yeah. Yes. Oh well, yeah. that's yeah. Well, that's good news. And Scout, I wanted to say too, another player on your season um, was the first season to feature an amputee, and that was Chad. And he made it to Love the merge it. as well. He what he had, he had lost his foot to cancer, and so he made it in and stayed in the game a long time as well. Yeah, he did. He came out seventh, I think. And, uh, boy, I was really sad about that, him coming out. We told him to hang in. He was on that post. It was going to hang up on the post in the air. And I felt like he had the physical stamina to hang up there, but he didn't think he needed to. They felt like he would have been a sympathy vote. And uh, I would not have been a sympathy vote. I was just an old person (laughs) hanging in there. Mm -hmm. But uh, I love Chad. He's a great guy. Yeah. He had a little teeny ball bearing that went in his uh, foot, his leg, that he lost out there. It was a huge deal, all of us looking for that tiny little ball bearing. And uh, found it and got his leg back together, but it was a touch and go for a while. So you played on a season, uh, Men versus Women, and that's another thing that you and I have in common, Scout. So what was that like for you to uh, be a part of the all women tribe? Did you prefer that as opposed to being in a tribe that had uh, both sexes? Uh, it's hard to say I preferred it because I was, that was what I had people. I know T bird, you're a twin. I'm an identical twin. People say to me, do you like being a twin? Well, I've never oh. been anything but a twin. Mm-hmm. So I've never, and you know, I, I liked being on the, the women's tribe, but I also like being on the mixed tribe once we once we merged. Um, there's definitely a difference in the men and women. The good news for me is I'm a carpenter and a builder, and I've built a number of homes. So being able to, while, while my knee was bad, I also knew how to build huts. Mm-hmm. And I knew how to find food. I knew how to start fire. You know, hair is your best fodder. And, uh, and, and so that's we gr- could use hair gross, when Scout. everything else was wet. That's what? That's pretty gross, right? Gross? That, yeah, you're going to, uh, that, uh, you used everybody's hair to make the fire? Did you ever hear that before, T No, I mean, I use, uh, I use my own hair. I have long hair, but let me tell you, hair up or down, either one, that's great fodder for a fire. And if you're hungry and you want a fire, you'll cut it. Yeah. Wow. I never heard yeah. that yeah, before, no, I Scout. Use my own hair. We couldn't use dry po- coconut stuff because it, it rained 30 of the 38 days. It, it wasn't dry enough. So, you know, hair was your, and it still is, it's still your best fodder for a fire. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So you learn something. Yeah. Okay. T-Bird, if you ever end up in that final four fire making, now you know. 
Start pulling the hair out. That's it. Okay. Yeah. And you got you got plenty of hair. Yeah. I started off with that very dull machete that we had. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scout, in the early going, uh, it, it seemed like that you and Twyla were a little bit uh, on, uh, not part of the big uh, group uh, in that uh, women's tribe. Uh, what was that like for you? Well, there, there was a, it actually almost split down the middle. There were the younger women in kind of a, an alliance and the older women. And uh, there, there actually, there were five of us that were older that sort of hung together. Uh, Twyla and I were quite close in it because, you know, she was, she was rough around the edges, mm-hmm. to say the least. Um, but she also knew how to do stuff and she wasn't lazy. Yeah. And the younger women, you know, you know what they're like. They, they're, I called them bowheads. I got famous for that one. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they hang around and talk about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. <laughs> and I want to get something built so the rain won't drown us. And, you know, but you can't, like, Twyla said, my God, get over there and you tell those girls what to do, Scout. You just tell them what to do. And I said, Twyla, I'm not going to tell them what to do, but I'll show them what to do. And that's how I operated. I just went to work. Mm-hmm. And that seemed to work pretty, pretty well. Have you um, kept in touch with Twyla after the show? A little bit. A, 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 a few years ago, she came to my ranch for a gathering that we had. Really loved it. And I, we were quite a bit in touch then. But she's with, uh, she may be married by now, but she's with the guy moved down to Florida and haven't had quite as much touch with her. Mm-hmm. Do you think the outcome would have been different, Scout, if Chris had taken you to the final two instead of Twyla? Well, yeah, it would have been different because I'd have been, I wouldn't have been in Rob's group. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. You wouldn't be on a group. <laughs> I didn't know at the time I had, uh, you know, I did have some votes, but you don't know. I mean, things are perfect the way they are. At, in the final analysis, I actually came to tribal as much as I loved Twyla. Twyla's a very addicted smoker to this day. And, the when she, the moment she came out of that game, she grabbed a pack of cigarettes and smoked the whole thing. Which after thirty nine days, I would have just taken that as a you know head start to get off that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, as a consequence of her smoking and not having being able to smoke out there, what y'all didn't see is that she often would have a really bad headache and should be down for the count. Mm-hmm. And I, I and I watched her over the course of the game. I was going to vote in favor of Chris when I went to tribal because he had, uh, he, he started the game lousy weak and he got stronger and stronger and Twyla started strong and got weaker and weaker. And I, I just based on that simple little thing, I thought I would vote for him. But when I got there and heard Julie's story and other stories of him, you know, lying and some of the stuff that he had done, I decided to, to go ahead and vote for Twyla. Okay. Hey, do you know, because um, Brandon on season three, Africa, was a smoker, and he actually had a patch, I believe. Did you know if Twyla had a patch to help her get through, well, the rough, the rough no, spot? Do you no, know no, if she, no, she's not. Uh, she's just with culture. She did not have a patch. But, boy, wow. I'll tell you, you know, I'm, I'm sure that's hard if you're a chain smoker and you come in the game and you have to cold turkey so quick. Mm-hmm. Scout. 
You were part of the big flip that happened in that season where it, it looked like that, you know, uh, Amy and uh, Leanne had things uh, pretty much uh, wrapped up. And then uh, you guys, uh, you and uh, Twyla and, and Chris and Eliza uh, ended up sw- uh, changing things around. Did did uh, Leanne and Amy, did they have any hard feelings towards you guys uh, after the big flip happened once the game was over? Uh, I, if they did, they didn't voice it. Mm-hmm. I think Amy was at the time. It was surprising for her to go out, but Amy's a really strong player. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if they had bad feelings. I hope not. We don't now. Yeah, we don't now. We're in touch now via social media. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, you know, that game. People may not realize it, and they say it's just a game. But it's a life-altering experience. And, I, you know, Rob, I noticed that you're also uh, doing a podcast on The Bachelor. Yes. And I sat and, I sat and watched that men tell all thing the other night with Luke, who was a person who annoyed the crap out of me. It's not a season. I don't really watch Bachelor typically. I don't know why I got hooked on this season. But that people really took him apart. And you and I both know that that young man is going to, it'll be a while digging out of the hole that he, he got pitched in. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, I, I did feel bad for him. Yeah. But you know, he brought it on himself. So. Yeah. What goes so, around comes around that, Luke. Yeah. yeah. It does. And, but you know, I also know I, there was a guy, I can't think of his name now, Ian who uh, gave up his idol to someone. And then that person, when it turned and voted him out, I was with Ian somewhere on an island, I guess, Catalina. And after all those years, it still hurt him. Mm-hmm. He still had a thing about that. You know, it, it, it impacted him. And I'm sure every one of us that have been in the game can pick out some little spot that, you know, that was a, that was a turning point in mm-hmm. my life. Mm-hmm. A little choice point, And I went a slightly different direction as a result. Yeah. What do you think, Scout, about the seasons now, how they've, you know, there's so many immunity idols, Edge of Extinction. I mean, what do you think about all the changes in the game since you played on season nine? Yeah. Well, you know, I, 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 we, we got no food, no water, no wells dug. You know, we had to go find our water, walk a half a mile, bring it back, boil it, you know, um, out of a dirty creek got no food whatsoever, forage for everything. So then when Palau came along and they built them huts and latrines and left food everywhere, we were like, oh my God, this is Survivor Hilton. Mm-hmm. And then the changes that have come, I'm always curious about the changes. I mean, I'm not, I don't try to criticize before I see it and experience it, but I don't think that it's the same Survivor game that we played, Rob, mm-hmm. or Seabird. It, it's a different game than what we played. Yeah. What what's the biggest difference in your mind? Well, I think we had it was a it was we, we played Survivor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are, are you referring get, to the elements or to sort of like the game and the the idols? Yeah. Well, yeah, yes, the number of idols, uh, just a lot of things. You know, the food that they get, the mm-hmm. well where they just go and dip their water out and bring it back. You know, you didn't have that. No, I know. Uh, 
Yeah. Must be nice, right, T Bird? A well? Oh yeah. Well, must be nice. A well. Or just water in general. No we elephant poop. We didn't even have water. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have water. The only good thing about the elephant poop, though, is that's what we burned. Instead of hair, when that's dried up, that's how we got our fires. Okay. So T-Bird finds a silver lining in everything. Yeah. No, elephant poop would have been great. It was. How do you think Jeff Probst has changed or compared to early on, compared to now? Do you see a difference in Jeff now? Oh, yeah, there's a big difference. Uh, Jeff now, I mean, I, I know that he had some coaching about uh, what was filmed before he got to tribal, so he had some idea what was going on. But you can tell he actually he actually drives each other, you know, pokes holes in people to bring them out because he knows that things happened. Um, I don't so much mind tribal being so interactive with the participants. I think there's an interesting element to that. Mm-hmm. But Jeff... But Jeff used to ask questions and then take answers. He didn't probe so much, but he really is just probe now instead of probe, <laughs> you know. <laughs> he probes and pokes and probes. Yeah. Do you think probes probing changes the game up for the players? Do you think it gives information to the other players if they're listening? Yes. Don't you? Sometimes, I guess because, you know, I guess remembering, too, we're seeing everything they're showing us. And when you're in the game, of course, you're not privy to any of that. So Uh I guess to us, it looks like that's what's happening because we know in the confessionals what the players are saying. So we're like, whoa, Jeff, you're giving it away. But remember, you know, these players aren't privy to anything except what's happening right there. So um, kind of in the middle on that. Rob, what do you think, Rob? Yeah, I don't think it really affects things too much in terms of uh, what's going on. I think that, you know, uh, Jeff wants there to be, you know, talking and discussion at the tribal council. Like if you look at uh, this past season when we had that tribal council that where all hell broke loose, once all hell broke loose, Mm -hmm. Jeff stopped talking. You know, uh, I think he just wants to get Uh it to the point where he doesn't need to be the one who's talking. Like if people would like uh, talk to each other about what's going on, but if everybody wants to sit there Uh with like a bump on a log and like keep their cards really close to the vest that's where he's going to start to really you know dig in like hey somebody's going Uh home right now and nobody's talking about it so uh, i understand Uh where he's coming from uh with that and because uh, as a viewer of the show i appreciate that uh it's not something that i really have an issue with yeah i don't have an issue i think it's more interesting i think jeff has really grown you know i like the fact that he probes and pushes and you know he brings things up, lights the fire. But you're right. Boy, he shuts up when they get going after each other. And it was incredibly interesting mm-hmm. and funny to us. Yeah. Scout, did you have any times when you were really on the hot seat at a tribal council in your season? No, I never did. Yeah. How'd you no. stay off the hot seat? Oh, boy. <sighs> I, I, and like I said, I felt like I'm a pretty good read of people, and we had a we had a pretty good alliance uh, getting you know down to the final four and the final three. We pretty much knew what was going on. I think I just stayed out of the hot seat by before the merge and and being mostly the women's tribe. I was the one that kept that fire going at night, and 
you know, just did a lot of things for the tribe. They elected me their chief. Mm-hmm. So I spent that hard work ethic and keeping my mouth shut and not rubbing people wrong uh, probably helped me stay in the game. And then after the after the merge, I was there because I wasn't a threat. We had to get, you know, Sarge and some other people out of there. I felt good about my alliances. And I th- that's one thing I tell people in life. The, the number of uh, and I formed an alliance right up front, boom, and that didn't change. And then we added to that alliance. And it's so important in life. And you don't have to like people to have an alliance with them. Mm-hmm. I knew that with Eliza, whom I love now, but I didn't like Eliza. But she made a good alliance member because she really couldn't lie very well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so it's important to form alliances and stick with them as long as you can. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because I know that uh, that you and Twyla both, uh, you know, uh, had some issues and maybe it was more so Twyla with uh, Eliza, but you guys ended up uh, voting together. How were you guys able yeah. to overcome your differences and uh, vote together on that big swing in the game? Yeah, I don't know that we ever overcame our differences, but I can tell you this, Eliza has a very sweet heart underneath all of what she was then. Of course, she's more mature now. Uh, but like I said, I, I just tracked her for a while and I could see that she couldn't, she couldn't lie. Mm-hmm. And when her mother, Susan came out there, uh, she won that award and her mother came to camp and Susan was the same way. Uh, so I just felt like, I don't know that there was overcoming differences as much as, uh, having sameness about certain things. So it looks like Eliza and Amy, I think, were the only two that have gone back and played again since your season. Did you think Eliza right. and Amy's game, did the game change much from Vanuatu uh, into Micronesia, or did they pretty much seem to play the same game, in your opinion? I thought they played pretty much the same game. They're both, you know, what you see is what you get. Amy may have softened up a little bit, um, but yeah. I thought they played the same game. Did you? And of course, watching Liza in the race, she played the same game. Mm-hmm. I think it's so interesting for Scout to say you don't have to actually like somebody or agree with them or believe the same things they believe to be in alliance and stick with it. So many people, I think, though, in this game, they they get beaten down and then it turns into an emotional and they kind of lose sight of that. Yeah. So that's really interesting that you point that out. Yeah. Well, I've circled the sun a lot more than most of the people that play that game. And it's just something you pick up along the way, you know. Well, let me ask you. I can so get work. Issue- we can get work done with people without having to like them. Got to love them. God gave us that. You got to love them. But liking, that's personal. Yeah. So Scout, you played you played at fifty nine. You're seventy four now. Would you go back? Uh-huh, be seventy five in November. Wow. All right. All right. You'll be seventy four <laughs> and a half. Would you go back and play again? Now, let me before you answer that. Before you answer that, you know who played when they were seventy two years old? Do you know who that was? Their uh, first time. Uh, Rudy. Yes. Rudy. He was seventy-two when he played. He's ninety-one now. Unreal. So, yeah. So, would you go back now at seventy-four, almost seventy-five, and play? You know what, T-Bird? 
If I had if I had the body to do it now, I would. I now have two artificial knees and two artificial shoulders. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's because I was a, an extreme athlete as a young woman. And boy, you pay for that when you get older. So, you know, I'm the bionic woman now. But the one that's thing. Right. That's right. My shoulders would be fine, but not my knees. Once you have an artificial knee, you can't jump off of things, drop down three, four five feet. Uh, and the last thing you want to do is break one of those prostheses. You could lose your leg. So, no, I wouldn't go back. Okay, maybe as the a other coach. Thing I did, yes. Yeah, as maybe a as coach. a coach. Yes. Yeah, definitely as a coach. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, Scout, so Scout, you were the oldest woman to be the last person voted out of a season. That's pretty cool, unless that's changed. I don't know. Has that changed, Rob? Uh, Watch the numbers, uh, guy. Yeah, all, all this woman to be, uh, I think that's probably safe, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, yeah, and, and Scout, did you watch, uh, you watch Africa, you said that was your first season. So, Kim Johnson was final two. No, my you know, first Mama season Kim. was the first season. Oh, yeah. I thought first you said you started watching season, Africa. Oh, no, my first time I watched it, yeah, okay. Okay, Africa. All Let's right. talk about Africa. All right, so Kim Johnson, Mama Kim, of course, she made it to the final two at 56. So you guys you guys have a lot in common. You're basically the same age. She's 74 now, uh, Mama Kim is. Uh-huh. So wow. you guys, okay. were, you gals were both very, very strong women that made it very, very far into the game. You know, if I walked in your studio right now, and and people tell me this, I don't look my age, and nor do mm-hmm. I feel my age. But, you know, a lot of people are croaking at 74. You know, so oh, I can my. tell you when you get when you get here, <laughs> you you don't you don't feel like you're here. Yeah. You still feel you always feel a lot younger than you are. Mhm. Okay. Well, uh <laughs> keep up with whatever you're doing, Scout. Keep keep it up. You know what I my my next thing and I'm I'm proud of you Rob because you've made a life for yourself doing what you do well and using your strategy you know one of these days I'm 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 looking at I would love to do something like um dear Abby or, mm-hmm. or yeah, either call in or whatever people ask me because I've been a life coach for a long time and I'm pretty good at that stuff yeah um you know I yeah, and that's probably something I'm going to start looking into. And and of course, my age is my is my benefactor doing something like that. Yeah, and thank you very much for the uh, compliments, guy. I appreciate it. Would it be something like a podcast, something where people could uh, then uh, call call in and then uh, ask you advice questions? Yeah, that's the kind of thing. In fact, I've got on my computer desk right now research. Uh, t- sides to look at doing podcasts okay t-bird do you have any life advice questions for scout yeah well first thing i was gonna say was scout scout why wouldn't you do that you've done everything else there is to do but that so you might as well throw that into your resume absolutely so yeah i want to ask you and then if you wanted to change your name up a little bit instead of going with you know dear scout or dear scout lee or dear scl you could go dear janet spencer is is that did you change your name when you started go, getting into music and and writing books? Is where did you come up from go, no. being born, Janet Spencer? Where did I come to up Scott from? Cl- Cloud Lake. 
Yeah, my sister is is Janice Lane, and I was Janet Lee when we were when we were born. But my freshman college boyfriend, Fred Jenkins, love him. Uh, the book To Kill a Mockingbird had come out, and it was a book prior to the movie, so that helps tells you how old I am. And uh, and he nicknamed me Scout after the character in the book. Of course, I I did read the book and further the music and have written to. Uh, you know, to the author a few times before she died. So, but he nicknamed me that mm-hmm. and it, it stuck in college. And then when I married, I was 20 years old when I got married. And that's the time you can legally change your name without paying for it. So I right. legally changed my name to, to Scout Lee Gunn. Mrs. Lewis Carroll Gunn the third. I hated being the third of anything mm-hmm. other than third in Survivor. Yes, uh, and and second then, to first uh, is better. But then when I when we divorced, I dropped my gun, and that left me with Scout Lee. Lee was my middle name, mm-hmm. but I didn't go back to my maiden name, which was Spencer, because I have a list: Scout Lee Spencer, and I didn't want to spit on everybody for the rest of my life, so. <laughs> I just uh, I just changed it up a little girl. I've done uh, quite a few big shows in Toronto. And uh, there was a time a little girl came running up to me with a handful of balloons. She's about five years old. She said, these are for you, Cloud. Of course, I didn't correct her, uh, and, but I took mm-hmm. them. And then six months later, I was in uh, I was in Toronto and a, a speaking woman uh, kept saying, calling me cloud cloud and so i did correct her i said you know my name is scout and she grabbed my chin like you might a little child and squished my cheek looked at me she said your name is i called my lawyer and i said jimmy i've got a middle name my name is scout cloud lee because the little child and an elder had called me cloud and if you're raised around indian people and have that respect a child and an elder is that's pretty sacred stuff so I just added the name Cloud as my middle name and kept my middle name Lee as my last name. Mm-hmm. So I published all of that so I wouldn't have to tell that story over and over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to say, uh, Rob, you asked me if I had a question for our, well, our we could call her Dear Dr. Cloud. I kind of like the ring of that. Or say, so my question is, Dear Dr. Cloud. I have a good friend of mine that told me she is omnisexual, and I'm not familiar with that term. Could you please tell me what that means? <laughs> Everything, Signed. baby. Everything. Right, Omni. Have- it's the whole gamut. It's everything. You know, I get turned on by a tree or, a, you know, a, a <laughs> omnisexual. Okay. It's the whole gamut. It's the biggest picture there is. Don't put, put me in a hole somewhere. I don't belong there. I'm sexual. There you go. Yeah. Any any follow ups, T Bird? Uh, you've you've rendered me speechless. You know, people- and, yes. So now I'm going to sign off. Uh, I'm going to sign off. Uh, just curious, speechless in Georgia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to have a sign off. Hey, Scout. Anything else you want to tell us about this? Uh, I know. I know that the listeners are dying to know more. About what? About what is uh, that? Yeah, I, I mean, oh, that. Uh, 
When you open it up to, you know, uh, to ev- everything, and, and including trees. Um, <laughs> I'm a tree hugger. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, sexual is a lot of people think of sexual as being the great poke, but there's a lot more around sexuality than the poke. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, I just don't like being put in a hole. You know, I yeah. have loved men. I've loved women. Uh, I love uh, the soul and spirit of people. I love my animals. You know, I think love is our nature. And uh, I'm so happy that I have lived long again to see some of the societal changes that are much more embracing mm-hmm. to people. We're, we've still got a long way to go, but it's, you know, so much better than it used to be. I grew up in an era where when I did have experiences with women or men, uh, you know, I was a virgin when I got married because mama said that's how you're supposed to do it. Mm-hmm. You know? I have advice for people. Try your shoes on before you buy them. <laughs> okay. Good. That's uh, good, good advice from uh, Dr. Cloud. Um, so you don't have to buy a cow to get milk. Yes. Okay. Well, can you talk a little bit about uh, what that must have been like for you to be some, uh, be somebody who uh, that I, I I assume that you were out and in the open about your sexuality at a time where it was maybe uh, not not as uh, much yeah. accepted as it is uh, in uh, 2019. Yeah, well, you know, Jeff actually is the one that outed me on television, believe it or not. I was always, a, you know, always for a very long time, even in my sorority, I was the president. So in a sense, you're, you're more visual you know, obvious than other people. So I've always been a public personality in a sense. Yeah. And I've never been out. I never talked about my, I'm sure a lot of people guessed. And one guy had the balls to ask me, uh, he was a stu- graduate student when I was a professor at the university of Illinois. And he asked me if I was gay. And I said, Leonard, the only reason why I can wonder that you would ask me that question is that you want to go out with me. Is that, is that right? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, no. I said, okay, well, then I don't care about your sex, sexuality, and I don't talk about mine. And we just moved past it. But that was the single only time that I was confronted. And it was always incredibly uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I decided when I cast for Survivor, they were going to find out. Because back in the day, they actually did some incredible background checks. Mm-hmm. Remember that, Ron? Yes, yes. And uh, so I, I decided to be open with the casting directors about it. Uh, I wasn't open on the show, if you remember. Mm-hmm. That wasn't something that I came up and talked about. But Jeff, at the final, uh, you know, at the final, at the reunion, uh, tribal, not tribal, yeah. at the reunion show, he he outed me, mm. and. Uh, which was interesting. The person I was with at the time was in the audience and the camera went to her. So the camera didn't catch my response. And I just, I walked through it pretty smoothly. You know, I didn't stumble over myself, but Jeff later called me in Oklahoma and apologized Yeah, for that. Wasn't there, was there another, was there another female that was also, um, yes. Amy. Amy was was also, um, Amy. Now, open about I her relationship. I didn't want to say the name. 
Yeah. So that was back oh, in 2004. Was she out? Was she out in yeah. the front with that? I, I didn't want to say yeah. her name just in case. Yeah, she was. She was out. In so she was open about it. She yeah, she was open, and she and I talked about it mm-hmm. uh, privately. But it, I don't believe that it ever came up on camera. I'm pretty sure it didn't until you yeah. know, uh, and uh, that you know, emotional reunion. But it would have been emotional for me if it had been a frog. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're so tired. You're so glad <laughs> to see somebody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, Amy, and then Amy, and you know, Amy is, uh, well, you know, she's in Australia, I mean, in New Zealand now. Yeah. Yeah. Scout, can you talk a little bit about how you ended up carrying the Olympic torch? Okay. Boy, there really is a good story to that, but uh, I did not know who recommended me, but uh, let me give you the Reader's Digest condensed of why it was meaningful is um, when I was in college, Lee Trevino came to the University of Georgia and gave a speech. Uh, My daddy was a big golfer, so was Lee Trevino. I went to hear the speech. He gave out a pamphlet, and the pamphlet recommended that you write down five life goals, and I underline the word life goals. Well, back in the day, Rob, y'all are too young to remember, but that was new material to have goals set for yourself and all the stuff that came after that. So I came up with five life goals. I wanted to finish. I wanted to finish my PhD. I wanted to get to write a book. I wanted to uh, run in the Olympics. I wanted to be happily married and I wanted to learn the art of having a gracious heart. I put those five things on a list, and, and at the time, you didn't have computers, so I put it on my fridge and my bathroom mirror and my car desk. Mm-hmm. Looked at it all the time. Well, the Olympic trials came up. I had hired a coach. I'm a really good runner or used to be a really good runner, but I don't have long legs, and I'm not born to run, but I have a really an attitude as a runner is it really pisses me off if you try to pass me. To this day, if we're sitting at a stoplight and the light changes, I will beat you to the to the start. I can't. I've never gotten rid of it. It's just a, a go thing. I was a swimmer, and I I would I won stake. You know, I was good because I could get off that block so fast. Mm-hmm. Anyway, long story short, whenever the seventy four, seventy six, I forgot the year Olympics came around, I had hired a coach. I was really good at it, but my boyfriend at the time. I'm not going to tell you that, but our our relationship went to hell in a handbasket. And I jumped in my pity pit and I lived there for a while. And I did not go to the Olympic trials as a result of that. They were held in Atlanta. So I thought, well, I'm just going to take that run in the Olympics off my list and I'll put something else. But I couldn't because it's me I'm looking at in the mirror. I know what I did. So I left it on there. 30 years passed. And up my driveway in a ranch out in the country where I'm the only person I can see drives a DSL truck. Never saw one before in Oklahoma. It pulls up to my barn. Guy floors the window. I'm looking for Dr. Scout proudly. And I said, well, that's me. I was really excited, you know. And he said, well, I have a certified letter for you. I got unexcited. Who wants a certified letter? Nobody. Somebody's tracking you. So, of course, I'd already opened my big mouth, went over, took the letter. He left. I ripped open the envelope, and inside was a letter, and it said, Dear Dr. Scout Cloudly, you have been invited to run in the Olympic torch relay. 
in Oklahoma City, and I fell to my knees and just wept like a baby. Mm-hmm. That for 30 years, I'd kept that on my list. And, you know, I had no idea how that invitation came. 52 people carried the torch in Oklahoma, and I was one of them. I later found out that it was a doctor friend who knew me that had put in, taken the time to fill out that big, long application and get me selected. But I feel like really, you know, it was a bigger thing. You know, there are forces in the world, and I think our positive intentions are well rewarded. If we just hang tough long enough, it was my daddy's one big teaching, never, 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 never quit, you know, just keep coming. So that's how it happened. I believe that 100%. So, Mm -hmm. Scout, you've done so, so many things. Would that be, or do you have another proudest moment or proudest achievement in your life up to this point? I think one of the things I don't, it's not pride that I would typically talk about, uh, but I think I have moved closer to learning the art of having a gracious heart. I, I don't have to open my mouth and say things that are not necessary. You know, there. And I know you don't know that, Rob, because you see me blast away from poor Trump. Mm -hmm. Uh, Typically, I mean, as a as a person, you know, I don't have to. It's not my hill to die on. Every time I've circled the sun, I've dropped something that is no longer my hill to die on. So those issues can dance around me and I don't have to get in it. And to me, that I think that takes years of experience and some suffering uh, to finally learn that it, you know, there aren't that many hills to die on. Pick your hills and, uh, you know, hold them dear to your heart and let the other stuff go. So I guess I would say I'm more, I feel more at peace about that than, you know, the typical accomplishment stuff. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Makes great sense. And, and, for all you've done for that to be your greatest and proudest achievement speaks volumes of you. Oh, okay. Thank you for that. Uh, speaking of doing a lot, what about you? Run, no, what do you do on the 160? I know it's, it's no, about me. Is, I understand that. But real quick, what do you do on 160 acres of land in Georgia? Well, we, we had sheep for a long time. Um, but now we, and we've got trees planted on a lot of the back. Of the property um oh, okay. and we fish we've got okay. a, a couple of lakes and we fish so that's the end of that hey so so scout let me ask you this what book is on your bedside table since you're an author and and i would imagine you read quite a bit what book are you reading now i i do uh th- well i can tell you there's no books on my bedside table because when i go to bed i go to sleep I do read like, a Rob. lot. I'm a prolific. Mm-hmm. I'm a really prolific reader, and uh, right now I'm. I was just picked up the book "The Essential Path" by uh, Neil Donald Walsh the other day. But my favorite book of all time is not one of my own. Uh, it's a book called "Hunter Yo." Hunter Yo. By Hunter Yo. It was written by a woman named Ruth B.B. Hill who died recently, lived on Friday Harbor for years, but she was a graduate student a hundred years ago. 
and she went to the Lakota people and asked them if she could write their history. She was writing a historical dissertation, and uh, saw the tribe remember told her, "Yes, you can do it, but first you have to learn Lakota, live Lakota, speak Lakota, write the book in Lakota, and then we'll translate it from Lakota into English." And all the other people who have come to Choctaw and heard the same response walked away, but not Ruth. Twenty-five years later, she had accomplished that, and she wrote the book. ABC did a three-part documentary. I'd love to get copies of that. I've looked for it. Fabulous Mm three-part documentary. But the book itself is the deep, you know, it tells you the very deep. There's no words in it like peace. There was nothing from which to not have peace. Uh, People lived close to the land. It's such a... Uh, we, weed, there is no such thing as a weed. It's not we, you and me, it's, it's us, one, you people. And all of that, you begin to enter into a, a state of mind as you read the book that you could only enter into because of the way Ruth and Chunksa worded it in English. So I just finished reading, it's a big, fat, thick book, and I just finished reading it for the third time, mm-hmm. and I'll probably read it again. Uh, Scott, I have some questions for you from uh, the listeners of the podcast that I'd love to share with you. Uh, Patricia Riley wants to know from you, going into the game as a mature woman and with not so great knees, what was your strategy and were you able to implement it? What was your reaction when you saw it was a separate male and female tribes? And did you have to adjust that strategy? Uh, Okay, first of all, my strategy, the number one thing is I decided to play an integrous game because I was old enough to know that reputation follows you. And when you walk out of that game, after you've been in front of the television for that much, you have a reputation. So I wanted to just play in a game with integrity. I didn't go in saying I would lie, cheat, and steal. Um, so that was one thing. And uh, I, I knew that my strategy would very much uh, use my ability to watch people and track mm-hmm. what they do and how they are. So I utilized that. Uh, I Being on a men and women, uh, you know, that worked well for me. It worked in my behalf because I have a lot of life skills on the land. Uh, so that, that helped me and it helped the tribe as well. So I hope that answers your question. Yeah. And then in terms of it being men versus women, did you have to change anything up? Mm, not really. Not, not that I can think of, you know, I've always, because I've been, because I've been, uh, you know, I have so many friends that are men and women, and I don't make the, the, the gender distinctions that a lot of people make. So I felt comfortable with men and women, actually. Mm -hmm. I was lucky with the women because I got to, you know, the greatest gift we can ever give to another person is an opportunity into which they can give their gift. And that's what you do with your life, Rob and Mm -hmm. T-Bird. You give people opportunity. And I felt like I was given an opportunity to give my gift of being able to build and find food and start fires. I would not have been so easily able to give that had there been uh, a men and women's tribe right up front. Okay. Amy wants to know, 
Scout, uh, that you were part of a tribe and a cast where the older women really dominated the game, something that really doesn't happen anymore. And because of that, we have gotten the mom character and found out it's all but impossible to win the game. Do you see that as something that could be fixed to going back to a men versus women season? Hmm. I don't know. That's a, do you, I don't know. What you, what do you think? Uh, no. It is interesting. Yeah. I, I don't know necessarily. Uh, and T bird, f- uh, please uh, weigh in on this, but you know, we do have a thing on survivor where we saw this past season where uh, Julie uh, gets to the end of the game. And she's another time that we have the mom of the season gets to the end and then is a zero vote finalist. So we are left with a lot of questions like, is it some sort of like a self-fulfilling prophecy or why isn't that game recognized in modern day survivor? I think it would have been had, had uh, she been the best candidate. Mm -hmm. I I didn't, I didn't think age age so much had much to do with it. You know, you got to think of Bob, Lord, Mm -hmm. Polly. You know, what a good, I mean, what a good guy. You know, he, he deserved that age was not significant. Um, yeah, I don't know. I know a lot of young, yeah. It's mostly a young people's game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think if you're, I don't know. I think if you, if you. The uh, T-Bird would win in the final three, right? Yeah. Well, well, what I was going to say, Scout and Rob, what I was going to say is I don't, I really don't think that it's the mom that, that can't win. This is what I think about that. It is a younger person's game. So you really have to kind of, you know, if you're being a, if you're a mature player playing the game, you got to hang in there. But when you get to the end, you've got to have a resume. You've got to be able to say, hey, blah, 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 blah. You know, I made big moves. I did this and that. Yeah. So yeah. that's what I think right. more than. You know, oh, it's just the mom thing. I think, I think yeah. a more mature person can win. Yeah. Absolutely, be that male or female. But you've got to have a resume along the way to take to you against the one or two other people you're with. That's what I think. What yeah, do you think, oh, I, Rob? I uh, look, I, I think that there is a, a case that can be made for everybody. And I think that what uh, what ends up happening, I, I think a lot of times is that, you know, uh, we have the uh, the effect of and I think that Dawn is the best example of that, where uh, I think that a lot of times people see the motherly character uh, and then feel very safe and open up to that person. And then when that person burns yeah. them for whatever reason, yeah. then they yeah. have a lot of resentment towards that person. Yeah. No, I think that that's probably true, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Scout even said early on, you know, if you play the game with as much integrity as you can, only one person can win. And I think it is actually how you you know, how you treat the others. And of course, a lot of people will say at the end, it seems like I've noticed, you know, you never took the time to get to know me. You never cared. You never. So I think knowing that only one person is going to win, as long as you go into it and play with integrity and try to be as honest as you can, then I think, I think a mature female can actually win the game. Okay. Then, this is a question from Susie Ann, who says, uh, I love Scout. She's one of my favorite players ever. As a queer woman from the South, I look up to her so much. I want to be just like Scout when I grow up. 
If you still watch the show, and she does, could you talk about what she thinks about the portrayal of LGBT people on Survivor and if it has changed over time, in your opinion? Okay. What a good question. Yay. Uh, Thank you. Right up front. Um, And I think the show has actually done a pretty good job of mixing it up and showing LGBT and now T people. Uh, I think it's been one of the impactful shows that has begun to change public attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, it was nice for me to see uh, Chris and uh, who, who uh, Amazing Race helped me out. Chris, Chris from Survivor ran with Brett, the guy from Brett. Survivor. Yeah, Brett. I love Brett. that name, Brett. I don't know why I blocked yeah. it. I think Brett was, and both, uh, I thought Brett is a very good person to show because a number of people that have been, that are gay, that have been on the show, predominantly guys, uh, have been effeminate. And I loved seeing Brett's uh, character because he's a tough guy. And And the young man that was killed, too. Caleb. I felt the same about, yeah, Caleb. I felt the same about him. So, you know, I like seeing the whole gamut of personalities. And I think Survivor has helped out in that area a lot. Don't y'all? Mm-hmm. Ryan Hilliard says, uh, Scout was the only contestant from Oklahoma to play for the uh, longest time. I live in Oklahoma City now. The Scouts still live in Oklahoma. And how do you feel about the minimal representation from our state on Survivor? That's a really good question. Chris has been on. Chris Hammond, love him. Uh, we got together after he came out of the show. And yes, I was the only person for the very longest, longest time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think because casting, um, I don't know. I don't know why. There's some. I've dev- there's a guy, uh, Steve Pickett. You do you know Steve Rob? Uh, Everybody knows yes, Steve Pickett. Yes. Yes. He's the overalls. From Yes, overall, he's been to everything. He's donated a Same lot of money. He's, he's fabulous. He would be a great character. He's applied every season. He almost got on the Amazing Race once. Uh, and bless his heart, I don't know why they're not just picking him. But, well, you and I both know that they pick they pick for contrast and conflict. Right. And mm-hmm. it's an overall right. cast they're looking at. It's not just one person that might be good, so... Yeah, I was the sole representative, and it was funny to me because I was, you know, I had a, a handicap, and I was old. Mm-hmm. I was 20 to 40 years older than everybody, and by the way, T-Bird, people called me Mama. I didn't like it, Yeah, uh, but I didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it wasn't, yeah. I didn't realize my age until, in contrast, living with so many young people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I work with young people every day, but living day in and day out with young people, you know, I could see, you know, and I certainly see now that I'm, I've, I've gotten older. Oh, dear. Mm-hmm. But thank God. I mean, what are my choices? <laughs> right, right. Uh, Mike Schultz wants to know, Scout, did you enjoy Eliza on The Amazing Race? Did you follow Eliza on The Amazing Race this past season? Yes, I did follow her, and I I enjoyed Eliza very much. Mm-hmm. T Bird, uh, did you have any other questions for Scout? Well, I wanted to ask her a couple of these uh, players that she played with, and um, 
Scout, if you'll just give me the first word that pops into your mind when I say their names, okay? All right. You ready? I'm ready. All right, Chad. Chad, lovable. All right, Amy. Sassy. Chris. Uh, Faithful. Eliza. (laughs) Mouthy. Sarge. Loud. Walla. Hardworking. Julie. Sexy. Leanne. Funny. Here we go. Okay. Very good. You were hung up on Chris there. You were hung up on Chris there for a minute, and I kept thinking, millionaire, millionaire. <laughs> T-Bird, you're Let's not count. really a millionaire. You get, you get 640000 after taxes. Well, details, okay. details, but you're right. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, so, tw- so I wanted to ask you, your music has been a big, big part of your life, Scout, since the 80s. Um, are you familiar with the Indigo Girls? I love them. So the Indigo Girls, um, Amy... Amy Ray and Emily Sellers actually went to high school with me. So yeah, I knew when I was when I was looking back at all your your bio and everything that your music was really big is when you really got big with your music in the eighties. And of course that's when Amy and Emily really came to the forefront with you know, as the indigo girls. So I figured you probably knew them. I loved music. I did a lot of music. I've written a lot of songs and recorded a lot of music, but I never put music up up front. You know, it was, uh, I incorporated into other things that I did. Well, you've done everything, so that doesn't surprise me. Hey, do you know, <laughs> do you know where Leonard, hey, so do you know where Leonard Skinner's from, the group Leonard Skinner? <laughs> I have to ask her, Rob. I have to ask, ask her. her, Rob. Ask her. All right, Scout, where is the group Leonard Skinner yes. from? Where are they from? I don't have a clue. I don't know. Okay. I get, They're from I Jacksonville, give up. Florida. You Jacksonville, Florida. From Jacksonville? Yep, Jacksonville, okay. Florida. But I thought, because you grew up and you were born in Tampa, and, you know, I know you like music. Anyway, just curious. Okay. Okay. All right, T-Bird, a- a- anything else for Scout? Well, you know, Rob, since we've started these Talking with T-Birds, I have tried to get somebody to sing with me. I tried to get, I think, Stephanie, oh. Kelly, he- Helen, Gretchen. I think I tried... Everybody. So I don't know if Scout would be open to it, but she is a singer, songwriter, and all of that. And baby, here we go. You ready? But I'm going to start it. Okay. Oklahoma, where the The wind wind comes sweeping sweeping down the plains, and the waving wheat can sure smell sweet sweet when the wind comes comes right behind behind the the rain. rain. Who had the tambourine? Oh, I had the tambourine. Oh, yeah. you, uh, go ahead. Is that part of your podcasting go ahead, don't kit? Stop now. Yeah, well, I might add it because you didn't know I was a musician. All right, go ahead. We're not finished. Scout, go ahead. Go ahead. Second verse. You start it. No, you start. Okay, I'll start it. Oh, Ooh, oh every night, my honey lemon eye. Come on, Scout. Sit alone and talk and watch, watch the make making lazy circles, circles in the sky. You we know, know we belong to the land, land. and the land we belong, belong to is great. Big finish, Scout. So when we say, hey, 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 we're only saying you're doing fine, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, O-K-L-A-H-O-M-A, Oklahoma. Okay. 
That was terrible. <laughs> hey. Oh, my God. Okay. Mm. Well, that's a... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Scout, thank you so much for coming on with us to talk about everything. And uh, do you uh, have anything you want people to check out? I know you have your your music out. How do people listen? Well, Spotify has my music. Uh, Amazon has my music. Uh, all my books up are, are on Amazon, Kindle. And uh, there's a number of places, but, you know, Amazon, Spotify, that's a good thing. All my music's up there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, thank you for asking, Rob. And I want to thank both of y'all, too. Not just for your, your time and the opportunity to to visit and get to know you guys a little bit, but for the work you're doing. Oh, thank you. I think it's really you. important in this, this day and age to connect people and just visit with people, get to know each other because we're different. But, you know, at the end of the day, we all have to work and feed ourselves and take care of our family. And, you know, to that extent, we got to love each other. So thank you for well, your work. Yeah, but that, I appreciate that. Thank you, Scout. Yeah, yeah thank you're you, welcome. Scout. Scout, you're, you've got beautiful energy, your spirit and your message from your 74, almost 75 years Circling the Sun is one of such love and compassion and acceptance, and you are a delight. Thank you so much for your time, and you know you bring so much into the world just with by being who you are. Thank you. Uh, yeah, you're so welcome. Thank you. Let's stay in touch off and on. Okay, Scout. Thank Absolutely. you so much. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Scout. All right, T Bird. There you go, Scout Cloud Lee. Learned a lot today. Yeah. She really a neat, neat person. Yes, and you know, uh, again, a her, wealth of stories. She has done. We didn't even touch on most of the things that she's done in her seventy four, almost seventy five years. She's she's got, like I said, such a beautiful spirit. But she's done so many things and continues to have all these things that she wants to do on her bucket list. So I'm excited to hear her. Her well, not dear Abby, but her dear her dear Cloud. Whatever mm-hmm. she decides to do with it. Yeah. I'll have okay. lots of questions for her. All right, T-Bird. All right, so here's, what do you have here's for my me? Question, here's my question for you today. All right, today I'll ask you this. The song Oklahoma, where is where um, Scout lives, who wrote the song Oklahoma? Uh, Hammerstein. Yes! Oh, my gosh! It's um, Rogers and uh, it's Oscar-winning Rogers and Hammerstein. Yes, Hammerstein. very good. Hammerstein, yes, okay. All right. All right, Hammerstein, Hammerstein, Hammerstein. All right, so this is a two-part question. You got the first part beautifully. Now, this is the next one. I think you're being generous. This is a great way to end the podcast. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so the um, Broadway production of Oklahoma, this, um, what was the name of the actress that won a Tony Award this year, 2019? Uh, for Best Featured Actress in a Musical, Oklahoma. Hmm. You know what her the, name is? The name of the actress. All right. Who won a Tony uh, Tony Award winning yep. actress. Uh, I feel like it's on the, t- the, the tip Tony of my tongue, Award. T-Bird. All right. If you don't remember her name, yeah. do you remember one thing that 
set her aside from everybody else that makes her such an inspiration? Uh, she was double jointed, right? No, she is the first ever actor to be in a in a wheelchair to be nominated and win a Tony. Her name is Allie Stroker. Okay, there you go. And that is very cool. She's one in a wheelchair, and she, of course, played the part. And she, all about turning limit, your limitations into opportunities, uh, no limits as long as you dream. I mean, it's it's. she's got a beautiful story and a very, very talented young woman. So I thought that was a great way to... To end our fun chat today with Scout. Yes, very fun. And uh, thank you again for putting this all together, T-Bird. Absolutely. I've enjoyed it. Okay. As usual. All right, T-Bird. So great work once again. We always appreciate uh, you tracking down these survivors. And we look forward to more talking with T-Bird. And so uh, with with that in mind, T-Bird, let's go ahead and close out the show. The way that we always like to here. T-Bird, I will talk to you next time. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.